December 2020, you'd just given birth. There was a very high probability that you would never walk again. We'd pretty much just launched a new business a month out from COVID starting. The world was going crazy. Chaos. We actually found out that our business partner ripped us off a good 100K. There was a lot of what's truth, what's not truth. We couldn't afford to stay in the house that we were in anymore. Our house had been broken into. We were dealing with a lot at the same time. If you would have got a gun and put it to my head, I would have said, please. You guys had already built close to seven figure cleaning business just on the Gold Coast. From that crack den, within a year and a half, we were at a seven figure business. Well, hello everyone. My name is Jasmine Shuri and welcome to the very first episode of the Business Thrupple podcast. <laughs> Today, we're going to be sharing, uh, I'm actually going to be interviewing uh, more of an interview style with Jamie and Al, uh, because it's, we were discussing this morning is I actually believe that this story of, uh, we're calling it a journey from Crackton to global domination. It's a, it's a important story that needs to be told. So in December 2020, Jamie, you'd just given birth to baby number five. She's a serial baby maker. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was December 2020. And then six months later, you were admitted into hospital to only be told that there was a there was a very high probability that you would never walk again. Yes. But what I actually want to do is rewind back to March 2020. Now 2020, the world went into lockdown, like the world was going crazy. Chaos. Yeah, there was chaos in the world. I know here in Queensland, we were in lockdown. Um, tell us, t t March 2020, that was a really key moment in yours and ours life and into your journey into the crack den. Tell me about that time. Okay. Uh, it. And the emotions are probably going to come up. And I actually didn't realize I was going to be emotional when we shared this journey. So, yes, the world had gone into chaos. March, I'd found out that I was pregnant with Kira and we were so excited. We were in the middle of a big launch with our previous company before we had an automated platform. We'd pretty much just launched a new business a month out from COVID starting. So we're just rolling off into a new business when all of this. So what new business did you launch? So we had an automated platform mm. that we had, we were in the thick of it and life was amazing. Like we had just gone to Bali. I was in the States. I was at 10X. We were traveling the world. Um, we had decided to have Kia, like that was a decision, but I fell pregnant straight away. But it was at the same time, like we got back from America, I'd kind of done like a circuit um, talking on stage, um, found out we're pregnant with Keir and then we actually found out that our business partner who I actually loved, trusted and admired, who'd actually pitched us to come into the business, had actually ripped us off a, a lot of money. So if you can imagine COVID world gone crazy, just found out that we were pregnant, to just having like that literally the wool pulled out from under us, like landing, like that this person that we had loved and admired had ripped us off a good 100K. And there was a lot going on for us as well too, like within our relationship, there was a lot of transitions that we were going through as well too because I'd, I'd come from like being the traditional breadwinner in the family and the income earner and I just recently 
not long before we started the platform, stepped out of my job as well too. So I was going through a transition myself of being from the breadwinner to handing over the reins pretty much to Jamie and Jamie taking control of the of the platform. So there was a lot going on in the background as well without everything else that was happening within our business too. So that we were dealing with a lot at the same time. Ucker stress. Like <laughs> stress. I was going to say, I, I, I go back to that time in my business and the lives of the people that I was working with. And it was, so I don't know what that would have been like, but the world, was, it was a chaotic year and there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of what's truth, what's not truth. They're telling me to go and get these vaccinations. What do I do? How do I, what, who do I listen to? Like that whole thing. And then all of this was happening. Yeah. What was what was that like for you guys? The other thing that like a lot of people may remember that have followed us on social media a little bit before in this, so finding out that business partner, love it, mind it, ripped us off, COVID was happening, I was pregnant. We were like, let's get away from this. And we went for a trip to Cairns and we were on Fitzroy Island and we got a call from the cops that our house had been broken into and our... I'm really mindful of how much I share of this journey for respect of one of our daughters. She was at home with a few of her girlfriends and our house got actually ransacked by these little gangbangers that they went in, smashed our whole house up, like for a three-story home. They completely smashed every wall, wall and assaulted our daughter. So that got chucked into it too at the same time. So all the stress of that happening, the stress of Al and I's relationship and me being pregnant and being the breadwinner mm. was what led to ultimately like landing in the wheelchair. I Like woman to woman, I'd love to just ask you like what was, what was going on in your mind as a mother, as an entrepreneur, yeah. A, a, like a, an expectant mother with all this stuff going on in your business. I am going to cry. That's all right. Um, I'm not, and I actually, like, I'm a pretty tough bitch. I don't, I'm not really a crier. Um, my only thought was to keep our fucking head above water. You know, I have that mentality is I don't lay down, like, mm. and, you know, I used to think that our, our strongest assets were also our weakest assets. I no longer subscribe to that because that is the thing that's got us where we are today. But my only thought was keep our head above water. So keep my relationship together, look after my daughter that had just been through this traumatic um, thing that had happened. And then we had this business and we also had investors that come into the business too that I was mindful at the same time that I needed to sort out and, you know, keep everybody happy. So... Because we had an automated platform um, and I had no idea how to run it, right? This business partner was going to be the one that ran that side of things. You know, I was on the front end, the CEO, you know, the marketer and getting the business out there, but he was the person that was meant to run run that end of things. So I was constantly in recon mode learning a new skill set. Mm. So head above water, like I just kept going. Mm. Al, what was that like for you as as a father? It was really, really, really hard, like really hard because for me, I only knew one thing and that was to work hard like within my within my job. So for me, I wanted to slip back into my comfort zone, which was to go back to work. 
and to earn money for my family, which just was not a possibility for the our situation. So is that because Jamie was in the wheelchair? Yeah. So you actually had to become her primary carer. So I was. I was I was trying to be a carer. I was trying to take care of Jamie, trying to take care of the kids. And then also being in an area where I knew nothing about being an entrepreneur, mm. trying to, as best I could, do what I could in that area, which... I retire. I think like there's another part of the story there is when we first started online, probably three years before that, I had I had retired our like within six weeks. You know, anything I put my mind to, I've decided... Al's working really hard. He'd always work, you know, 70 to 90 hours a week, being the breadwinner of the family. I'm like, I'm going to retire him. Where is the camera? Don't ever do that. If you're thinking about retiring your husband, do not do that. They need to retire themselves. So, and we had a coaching background, right? So we thought we understood polarity. We thought we got it. We actually knew nothing about polarity. Like we'd read the books. Polarity within relationship. Yeah, this masculine masculine and feminine dynamics that people talk about. I'm mindful not to get into too much of it today, but it's a conversation that we're really passionate about because we had listened to the gurus and what the coaches and people preach and it's absolute bullshit. Like it, pause, but I will come back to that conversation later. So Al was like, Al, Al hadn't grown the skill set at that stage to, you know, to be able to hop up and save us. Like I, I was running myself into the ground as a pregnant mother to provide for us. And we had a pretty fucking amazing lifestyle. You know, I was providing us a pretty awesome lifestyle at that stage. And what I hadn't worked out is at that stage, if you take me out, my business or our business didn't run. So for our clients, they had an automated business, but for us, it was anything but. It was go, 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 24 hours a day. We were always doing something within the business. We built a brand off the hustle being dead for everybody else, but for us. Except for us, yeah. So back to the hospital, what were you, so you've just been told that you um, there's a high probability that you'd never walk again. Mm. What happened then? So ultimately the thing that I th think was the that pivotal point that got me to that breaking point and stress was we needed to bring more money in. So I took on a corporate job. Um, Al was working with another company, which he was going great at, like he did like 130K in his first month. And I put the systems together for that. So that company kind of headhunted me and saw that I could work with them and help them to get this. While thing. you were in the wheelchair? This was before. So this was the moment that actually. It was just prior. This was the nail in the coffin. That was that ultimate, the stress became too much. Mm. So. I went and started to help them and do some work with them. And for me, integrity is everything. Like I'm a very, very values-driven person, so truth and integrity. And that's why I'm so passionate about doing this podcast is to get the realness out there of what it really is to grow a company and be an entrepreneur. So they were operating outside my value system and Al kept saying, you can't do it. And I'm like, I have to do it because I had to put money on the table. And so one day I went to go in there. My back was really, really sore. Like I could hardly walk. And Al was trying to get me to stay home. I had like, I was breastfeeding a baby full time. I was running this other company. I was doing this other corporate job to put money on the table. And um, I came home and I think 
landed in bed. This time's really iffy to me because I like was in so much pain that I, I don't have full recollection of it. And this is coming from somebody that had five babies naturally, you know, home birth. Like I've got a pretty high pain tolerance. And I got into bed and I was just screaming, like literally screaming, yeah. screaming. If you can, if anybody's ever had nerve, that nerve damage, yeah. nerve damage. So your nerves fire, like it's like hot, firing, burning. But then my muscles were spasming, like constantly at the same time, and that went from like a sore back to that. So Al rang the ambulance. We got to the hospital. It was during COVID, so I have a baby that's like a booby addict. They wouldn't let Kia come into the hospital. Um, and my trust within the medical system before this was pretty much at a zero anyway. <laughs> and a doctor come in, didn't like they couldn't actually do a CT on me because I was actually stuck at that stuck in like a C shape, C. but then to the side as well too. So they couldn't actually lay her down flat to do a scan. And so lay her down flat and do a scan. They wanted to give her um, morphine or whatever to numb the pain, which Jamie wouldn't do because she's breastfeeding. Yeah, there's a whole big story about the medical system and what they told me to be true, which was like my research later that it was actually not. Um, gosh, I could do a whole podcast on that. But from out without doing that, the, like this young doctor come in and he said to me, you're going to probably need multiple surgeries and there's a big chance you'll probably never walk again. And mum was working at the hospital at that time. So she was, it was lucky enough that mum was working at the hospital and she was by my side. So I told him to suck a cock, rang out and I went home. And then from there was like, it was like a good six months of the journey of me looking for the right people to come and help me. But for six months, so rewinding back a little bit more, mm. so big, beautiful mansion. Our kids had lived this, you know, luxurious lifestyle to we couldn't afford to stay in the house that we were in anymore. Because you were the breadwinner. Yep. And now you weren't the breadwinner. You're dealing with a newborn, your stress-induced, what do you even want to call it, um, back like wheelchair journey. I don't, yep. I don't even know what, what the best way to describe that is. So what happened to the house that you were So we couldn't we we couldn't afford to stay in that house anymore. I was really good at making money at that point in my entrepreneur journey and I think that's a side note for the audience like making money I see so many people spruik about you know how much money they make that's that's only like a small percentage of what it means to be a business owner and an entrepreneur mm -hmm. that's actually the easy part. Learning to hold the money and manage the money and be a steward of the money is that's a whole different ball game, and which I hadn't got to that point in my entrepreneur journey. And and I may I may put a side note in it's not about being the container and the energy and being worthy of it. It's actually the analytical side of that. So we hadn't got to that analytical side of how do we actually move and manage money. So when I wasn't making money, we didn't have any money. So we were trying to find another rental. We were lucky enough, and I say lucky because we were lucky because if we didn't find this crap down, we would have been living in a car. With me in constant pain, like, can't, like I can't even tell you how much pain I was in. If you would have got a gun and put it to my head, I would have said please. My babies kept me awake, kept me awake, kept me alive, alive awake, yeah. like shaped in a sea, in a bed, 
So to actually get me up to move me out of this house, like that was a journey too. So, and what, what was the, so you found another house. So last minute. Yes. So we had somebody, we reached out on Facebook saying, look, we need somewhere to go. Like it was in a few days we had to move out of, of our current house that we were in. So we had like two house, two houses. I was already like in complete stress mode, like couldn't find. And somebody ended up reaching out and said, well, there's this place in surface that's about to be knocked down. You can come and move in. And our kept like not wanting to do it. And I'm like, babe, we're going to have to move in there. And it, what was that like for you, Al? Probably one of the hardest things I've been through, having knowing that I was having to put my family in that situation and not having, well, feeling like not ha having any other options but to have to do it. Yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> the kids found it like... It, I the kids actually had fun with me. To start with. Yeah. Just, oh, that's awesome. To start with, you know, and that like, was Dad, the thing. Dad, look, thing. there's people downstairs selling drugs. It was like, it was like. <laughs> they're like, look out the window, look, they're doing a drug deal. For the girls, they would have been late teens. So, yeah, so we was like, it was a two-bedroom place. So um, our eldest daughter had already moved out. Our second eldest had to move in with mum. And then we had two of the kids in one of the bedrooms um, in this crap den, on the doll, like going from living this luxurious lifestyle to being on the doll in this crack den. And at first, yes, the kids fought. And I'm stuck in a bed, shaped like, shaped like a sea, baby on my boob, told I'm never going to walk again. And were you still in lots of pain at that time? Yes. Right. Con constant pain. Yeah. So the lesson in there is hold on to your money, make sure you're taking care of your money and like don't treat it like a leaky bucket because they just pour out as quickly as you're getting it come in. Yeah, but I, th I think that's a, a just in the realms of business and entrepreneurship and we you touched on it just before, being a steward of the money, yep. not just being a um, I'm going to have, you know, like I, I don't know, I, I, I do laugh when I see people banging on about, you know, promoting, you know, they had a six-figure launch or a, you know, multiple seven-figure launch or whatever it is. Like, A, tell me how profitable it was. Number two, what are you actually going to do with that money? Yeah. You know? Yeah. How much of it's in a payment plan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's a whole other um, uh, conversation within itself. That's a but whole podcast. I feel like, I, I feel like. We've got that background noise. Um, I, I, I feel like that this is a really important lesson though. It is, yeah. Because you went from the high life, yeah. a very abundant life, a very yeah. prosperous life, um, and you both would have been. Not in a bad way, but you would have been proud of yourselves, you know, like, look, look where we've come, mm. look what I've created. And now you're living in a cracked in, in excruciating pain every day on the doll mm -hmm. with a newborn. Yep. We still had some money like coming in from our previous business, but it wasn't enough to get keep, us out. Yeah. To keep. And so the pivotal moment. I think, like, I think we're coming short on time, Nelson. Yeah, the the, yeah. T t okay, <laughs> we need a timer. So the I think the pivotal moment going from crackdown and like the world domination is in that bed, and Al said to me, he's like, I'm gonna have to go back to work. So I've got constant pain. <laughs> Baby on my boob in a fucking crack den. In a wheelchair. In, yeah, so wheelchair. I had to get, like, to move around, I had to be in a wheelchair. Um, this little baby on my boob, two other kids, and he went to me, I'm going to have to go back to work and get a job. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Like, that was his mentality at that time to, and this is how. Because you're operating from your stressful brain, like, which is your limbic brain, so, you're like, your IQ's 
just diminished when you're under that much stress. You're that operating own, at such a level of scarcity. Yeah, and my only thought was I know how to make money if I go to work. Yes, but I think I think a side note that too, like Al's fully in his, like he's in his boss right now, right? Like he's in his entrepreneur and that's how quick when you go in and decide to fucking dig your trench, how quickly you can dig it, right? People underestimate and overestimate at the same time how easy it is to play the entrepreneur game. And so the owl before that didn't have the skill set and the owl that was trying to make that decision that his only way was to go and be an entrepreneur, an employee an and employee. Make, and leave his wife in that state, in that crack den, was he, he, he hadn't got to that point, but. Which Look, goes back to what you said before, never retire your husband until he's ready. Never retire your husband. He had to get ready from himself. So. At that stage too, my mum had just got fired from her hospital job due to the mandates. And I, for many years, had a lot of businesses in my brain that I just knew that would work, like new, like massive gaps in industries that nobody was doing anything about. And the cleaning industry was one of those. And it was just before Christmas. So Christmas, this was just before Christmas of 2022. Two? Mm-hmm. And no, 2021. 2021. Yeah. And I said to him, why don't you implement this cleaning industry job? Because there was no mandates or anything involved in that industry, right? So I'm like, this would be a really good industry to get into. It would into. have been seen as an essential service. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, because he was thinking about it as just being a cleaner, right? He wasn't up cleaning and, skid marks. Yeah, cleaning skid marks. <laughs> and wasn't thinking about how I saw it as a massive industry to uncapped industry to leverage with my plan. That so you saw the possibility, and you saw the like. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, like you've I got. Bought, have you, have it, you got yeah. rocks in your brain? I fought it for a while, and then when we started to talk numbers, I was like, okay. He trusted him. And that's I, the, I love how numbers talk. And, yeah. that, and that, I think that's the great thing about, you know, where we're at today is we would not be where we're at today if Al had not always, like, trusted my genius when it came to business. Like, he's always trusted and supported it. Mm. He just didn't support himself in it to start with for a really, really long time. Just on that note, Al, I see you in that because my journey, I, I wasn't always in entrepreneurship and that my journey from employee to entrepreneur is a is a fucking initiation within itself yeah uh it's it is a rite of passage within itself and i see you in that yeah uh and there's places that you know you might have a husband or a um or or a wife uh, or a partner that's um going yeah let's go do the thing but that's all well and good but you know, you need to meet that within yourself. Yeah, exactly. I see you in that. I, I talk on, I'm really passionate about the kind of that journey between. So I, I see you in it. Thanks. Um, yeah. Because it is such a big personal transition for you to oh. step into those shoes. And it's just that we had a bit of a baptism of fire in, in my initiation. So oh, it's like, like, would not have it any other fucking way. Oh, no. Yeah. No, like. So you floated the idea, Jamie, of. You're, and then you were like uh, cautious, yeah. but open to considering, but cautious. Then what happened? He So it was Christmas. So he said, just let me think about it over Christmas. So we did Christmas. He came. You were probably planting seeds the 
knowing you. <laughs> well, in true, in true me, Al was going to go and do it, right? Because I was in constant pain. So he was going to go and he was going to go and do it. In true me, after Christmas, I decided we're fucking going to do it. He was on board. I'd already had the website made. I'd already started, you know, to start off with, guys, I designed my own logo on Canva. That's how we started out. Yeah, perfect. So I built the website. I, um, I've i got hair on my lipstick. It's just going to have to stay there. Uh, <laughs> got ya, little little bastard. So designed my own logo on Canva, my own website. We were up and running within... I think the first week or maybe it took a little bit of a while. There was a couple of weeks there where we were a little bit rough at the start, yeah. But we were we, running our booking system through my Google Calendar. Like it was just the essentials to get us started. We started and in the process of growing to where we are now, like it was messy, but we had made a six-figure business within four or five months. So woo up because <laughs> there is a lot that happens in between kind of like birthing the idea and then turning it into a six-figure business in an industry that you had never worked in before. Yeah. Um, do you want to speak to, Jamie, the piece around, yeah, we'll get this done in three weeks. It'll be a fucking, this is a fucking great idea. <laughs> so I still like it's really important to keep painting the picture. So here, who's still at two and a half, like a booby attic on my boob, Stuck in a sea, in the crack den, like cops kept constantly coming in, raiding the joint, like full on. Um, my plan when we first started in this industry that we'd never been part of would be within three weeks. So Al was on the ground as a cleaner. Like when when we started out, like that was, he was the first man on, on the job on the ground. He's the OG. He is the original OG Green Rebellion. And... Putting the, like, putting the training program and everything together, I thought that was going to take three weeks and that took us a year. Yeah, when did you come on board that, like? December, um, December 2022. So it's Christmas. So nearly a year yeah. it took to get the training program yeah. up and running. Yeah. So, so and your ethos for? Your ethos for creating this cleaning business was? What my brain does is it goes problem and then solve big picture. The biggest picture in any any business that's in my brain, I see how we solve problems and then how it's like the ultimate big picture. So when we first moved to the Gold Coast, um, we struggled to get a cleaner. Like it was a problem. Like actually I would ring around. Oh, all- yeah all day trying to find a cleaner to actually come and then if they actually did come or if they actually did a good job and I'm like, why is not anybody coming in and filling the gaps within this industry, like the easy fixes? And so for me, one of the biggest gaps that I saw was pay rates. So people were not being paid their worth. Cleaning's a hard job. And so you're getting people coming in and doing a shit job because they were not getting paid their worth. The other thing that I saw, there was not one process. So there wasn't a training system that delivered a one process on this is how we did it. And then like we'd come from like an automated platform background. So I saw all that, right? I'm like, nobody's automating this. Um, So that was step one. I always did see that I would put that together and then it would be duplicatable. So for me, with anything that I look at business is. Scalability. It's scalability. Like 
is it needed? Like so many people go and create businesses where there's 500 of them. Is there a gap in the market and is it needed and can you fill it? Is it, can you leverage other people to help you get there? Because, you know, time's our most valuable asset and that's another story about money, but can you use leverage and is it duplicatable and is it uncapped? So how I saw it becoming uncapped was we would duplicate it onto other people, which is how the Green Rebellion was born. And we were the Eco Cleaning Co back in that day, right? So we just chucked a name on the website. Let's get this going. Let's get it out there. Let's get it moving. And then when it became time to start duplicating it out to our brand licensees, which we didn't even know at that stage, that's what they would be called. We just knew they were coming. Um, it was really clear that the Eco Cleaning Co couldn't couldn't take yeah. it couldn't take us to world domination. That takes us to December 2022, which was, I don't even know what month are we now. That's probably seven or eight months ago now. And that's been another journey, which we'll share from there. But cracked in, wheelchair, uh, five babies, um, and getting Al from, you know, getting Al on the ground um, and launching your the Eco Cleaning Co., and then it was really in January this year, um, in 2023, that you transitioned from the Eco Cleaning Co to uh, the Green Rebellion. And that's when we decided we wanted, uh, you guys brought me into the business and there was that global domination, uh, to, like let's go global, let's take what we've got because you guys had already built, yep. uh, uh, you know, um, uh, were you multiple six, nearing cl cl close to seven figure cleaning business just on the Gold Coast? In a year and a half, yeah. So in a year and a half, we got to seven figures from that crack den. Mm. Within a year and a half, we were at a seven-figure business. Well, that is an extraordinary story. And I know throughout this podcast series, we're actually going to, you know, we're going to be going deeper into that. Um, so thank you so much for being your vulnerability. Thanks, Jazz. Everyone, you can follow us on the socials. We are on YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook. All, all the socials. All the socials. We're, we're slutting it out on social media because we're, we're, we've got a mission to get this company around the globe in three years. So go and check us out on your website and we hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you. Uru. Peace out.